mad. We're fat. And we're loud. Alright, it's another day, it's another dollar, and it's another episode of the Heavyweight Chumps. So, you got me, that's Maddox. You got him, that's Thunder Cookies. <laughs> and today, well, today we're going to do a little bit of higher education. Emphasis on higher. While we talk to the executive director of Normal Memphis Normal, being the national organization for the reform of marijuana laws. That's right, folks. We're going there because we are going green. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show for the first time, Mr. Lee Otts. Lee, how you doing? Man, I'm doing great. Thank you guys for having me. Uh, glad I could be on. Man, absolutely. Glad to have, uh, to have reached out to you guys and, and to be able to do something, especially with Hemp Fest this year, with it being the first oh, yeah. annual. Yeah, um, yeah. Tell me how the idea for Hemp Fest for you guys came about. Well, um... I assumed uh, the director position. Uh, I was voted in two years ago. Um, so I started doing like a, a 420 thing. You know, it just kind of started off as something small at Overton Park um, because uh, Overton Park used to be the place to be in Memphis uh, on 420. You know, back in the 90s and everything like that. You know, or in my day, the early two thousands. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, that, that was the place to be. Then, then you know, then you know, the heavy policing started rolling in, and then you know, slowly, surely, but it died. But now that you know, it, it's regaining its popularity and everything like that. Since I've been doing it the past uh, two years, but they've just fallen on weekdays. Um, as I was leaving last year, or last, yeah, well the last 420, uh, which was just a weekday. I was like, well, I'm going to be here next year. Might as well go ahead and put it on the calendar. Um, it, it was a Saturday. So I was like, oh, well, it's going to be a little bigger than usual. And um, it just kind of happened. <laughs> you know, more and more people started, you know, wanting to enter us. Uh, so we just figured out how to, you know, how to rent out the park and Overton Park. Uh, got with the city of Memphis before they even uh, talked to us to make sure uh, the city would be okay with it. Um, based on our past history of not having any episodes or anything like that in the past two years we've been there, they agreed. So paid the, the VNC and start signing up uh, vendors and we're getting speakers and musicians. So it should be a pretty good time. Well, we are definitely looking forward to it. Um, this will be our first real... Now the question I've got though is 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 it, is it a rain or shine event? Well, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a rain or shine. It, it's outdoors. Um, so, I mean, we are at the mercy of weather. That's it's a bad thing. But you know, the last two years it really hasn't been that bad. So, fingers crossed, rolling into it. Let's hope. Yeah. Um, now with. And I've always wanted to ask somebody, and you are as close to the expert that I'm going to get on this subject. What is the purpose of 420, and why is it so recognized in that community? Uh, 
you know, there's so many like myths or anything, but you know, it, apparently it used to be just like a, a police code that was used for marijuana. Um, and then it just kind of got out from there. Um, don't know where, um, just kind of, it's just one of those magical numbers, I guess. And then it just, you know, then it became part of the culture and, you know, everything associated with it. I mean, even our Congress, you know, their, their bills, you know. Oh, yeah, House bill that's the, coming up now is House Bill 420. Yeah. Regulate uh, <laughs> marijuana like alcohol, you know. Come on, tell the truth. So, so even, you know so they've they been waiting. They have been waiting to do that just till they got to that number. <laughs> they actually reserved it for it, you know. So... Yeah, and it's not the first time that they've done something like that, you know. It, it, you know, so there there are other 420 bills that have been brought out, and you know, various different states and you know, national legislation that you know, just as a no, you know, a nod to the culture, I guess. Well, with this with this House bill up now, what do you think is going to become of that? What What do you think the future is going to hold for? Uh, oh God, you know that that. Honestly, that one is very, you know, there's enough momentum. And, you know, President Trump, whether you love him or hate him, he usually does what he's going to say, what he says he's going to do. You know, and he he promised big, um, you know, marijuana reform, you know, after the midterms. So, you know, maybe this is it. You know, he's always been respected of, you know, respectful. He's always said that with state rights, you know, he's always, you know, been on, you know, supported the state rights and everything like that. Now we have sessions out of the way, uh, mainly the Pete sessions out of Texas. He was the uh, one stopping a lot of the federal bills. It wasn't just sessions, even though he was a pain inside and got a lot of the, a lot of the news headlines. It was really Pete Sessions at the House uh, Means and Subs Committee that would uh, kill up bills before he even got hurt. Or prevent him even from being hurt. And he lost re-election in Texas. And that's a good thing, folks. That's a great thing. Um, Let's face it. The decriminalization of marijuana, based on what I've discovered in just doing the research for this interview... Normal's been around since 1970. Yep, we are the longest-running marijuana activist group, continuously running group. Yep. I mean, you're talking about being around in the 1970s and fighting for the decriminalization of something that in 1970 hadn't been a criminal substance very long. Well, it got criminalized in the 1930s, I think 19... 37 to 38. Uh, no, it had to be after 38. Um, it was the Marijuana Tax Act. I have a shirt, actually. I can give you the exact date. Sure. Right, where is it? Marijuana Tax Act of 1937. Uh, that's when it first started uh, becoming illegal. And then, of course, being in the 50s and 60s, and especially in the 60s, you saw it coming around free as almost like the law enforcement just was not enforcing what was already on the books. Right. Yeah, well, you know, we then, uh, you know, the uh, Richard Nixon declared the war on drugs and everything like that and then started targeting, uh, you know, it in the way some of his, uh, even from the words of some of his administration, you know, it, it was basically to target hippies and minorities, you know, vocal opponents to his uh, 
presidency. So, you know, and, and cannabis, you know, prohibition has always had, you know, some basis, racist roots of propaganda and everything like that uh, since the Harry J. Anslinger times. Well, let's talk about the, especially with normal, let's talk about specifically the Memphis chapter. You guys came came about from a chapter that was on campus at the University of Memphis, correct? Correct, right, right. Well, there's always been sort of like a, a loosely formed Memphis group, I guess, um, that's kind of been like passed on, you know, so on and so on. But in the last two years, we've gotten our uh, our 501c3, um, you know, registered as a 501c nonprofit, got our state nonprofit charters. So, you know, we just legitimize as an organization and we're actually the only like officially active one in the state. Nice. Now, how did you become involved with Normal? In 2012, I had a fall and I cracked eight vertebrae. I did uh, two and a half years of traditional medication. Um, I was on 14 different pills at once, um, different prescriptions. Uh, it, it sucked. Um, you know, I, I had years of physical therapy, you know, going to the doctors and, you know, it's not working. Oh, we'll just go give you more pills, you know. So I was just too drugged to be in the house. Um, then, you know, I... I started researching. I was like, well, there's got to be something. Um, started trying cannabis illegally. Um, then, you know, next thing you know, it, it's, it's, I started crying the first time I used it on because that, there was a voice of pain that was just finally gone in my head. It just it was a little bit of freedom and, and peace. Um, and then slowly but surely, you know, the physical, you know, the doctors, uh, not the doctors, but the prescriptions amount, those numbers start declining. You know, I'm having to take less pills and, you know, less visits. Now, I'm not saying it's a cure-all. I, I still have to take traditional medications and, you know, still do physical therapy and, and still have, you know, epidurals ever so often. But it, it dramatically decreased uh, the amount of medications I was having to take and, and, and improve the quality of life. And, you know, if... Uh, so I just started speaking out about it and that's how it kind of just led to normal. And here, you know, I just didn't stop. It just kept going. I was like, well, how did I do this? And it just found normal. I was like, well, it's kind of just an online group at the time. So I, you know, when I started coming around, you know, I made sure we tightened up, got our bylaws signed, got a chat, you know, board in place. Um, I started off as a communications director at that time. Um, and then uh, moved up. And after, you know, amount of under this communications director, I eventually moved to uh, the executive director position um, two years ago. Um, and then we got our 501c3 and did the, and we've done two years of active meetings. And under my time, we've done meetings from uh, hydroponics classes, uh, edibles classes, how a bill becomes a law, um, you know, how to write your legislator. Um, of course, we've done the 420 things. We've had holiday events, um, our annual fundraisers. So, you know, we, we just have monthly events to uh, basically bring the community together almost. That's always a plus. I mean, and you don't see, I wish we saw that more here in Mississippi, um, especially given 
you know that the University of Mississippi is one of the it's the only place that you can federally grow uh, marijuana or cannabis legally. Yeah, and I can't go to Oxford and pick some up. What the hell's going on with that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, apparently, from what I heard, you wouldn't want that stuff anyway. It's not the best. Oh damn! Really? I've always heard it was great. I, I, well, well, then, you know, I, what I've seen and I saw some pictures. They said it was low quality, and I was like, well, you know, if the government's trying to suppress research, then it would seem like they would send low quality stuff out because you know to. to when they sign up for a federal research study to try to study marijuana, after you, the insane amount of bureaucracy, if you can finally get through it and you're allowed to have some, it comes from uh, Ole Miss. So I, and then I saw some samples and, you know, people apparently like maps or something. There's, uh, it was, uh, they're the psychoactive study group. Um, but, uh, one of their head researchers quit because of the quality of, uh, material that was being given. Oh, damn, man. No hotty toddy string. <laughs> oh, well. Good thing like, we're you know, Bama fans. You know, that's just something you see off the internet. You're like, well, you know, actually, that kind of does make sense. Why would they want to send out, like, the best samples or, you know, so you can get all your research done properly and so, you know, send them, you know, a lot of the trims, the trimmings and stuff like that. and Send them a Mexican dirt weed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, exactly. Come on, co-host. You being awful too. You being too quiet around here. I know you've smoked Mexican dirt weed. I'm learning. Oh uh, yeah, he goes more for the edibles. Yeah, <laughs> easier on the lungs. Lots easier. That too. But now, okay. Since we're going to discuss edibles at some point anyway, we might as well go there. I know you are a fan yourself, Devin. Yes. Now, uh, what is the difference? in the edibles consumption based against someone that would smoke it in a traditional fashion. I've heard there's a difference in the way that your body will process it and that the high is different, that there's a different, something goes yeah. to the psychoactive Yeah, yeah I mean, approach. yeah, yeah. It, 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 you know, it, because it, it's a different way of ingestion, uh, it, it affects your body differently because it's metabolized a little bit differently. Um, and, you know, I guess edibles create more of a body experience, honestly. Um, just be careful with them, too. Though. I couldn't tell because I was mixing them and the vape. <laughs> well, that, that could have been it then. You're getting both. Yeah, I guess you shouldn't do both at once. But I, <laughs> you, you got them, you know. them. But uh, now the, the edibles, to me... And, and we, luckily, we got a batch, because I've heard a lot of people talk about edibles and say they just absolutely taste disgusting. Uh, we got a, had a hold of some that actually tasted like peach gummy bears. Yeah. And I, they just, they would do the damn thing. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it, it, I guess, you know, depending on where, how it was made and everything like that. So, you know, my, you know, one batch might not have been really good, you know, and may have tasted that, you know. So, you know, there are different companies that make different products, and some are a little bit more reputable and give you some of the active ingredients, and some might not be as reputable, and you might not have as many active ingredients. So, you know, that, that that's the thing about the, you know, marijuana industry. You know, unless it was, you know, legally sourced, then, you know, and, you know, they have labs and everything like that testing the products. Right. Now, 
as we're on the subject of edibles, um, we have a friend of the show that's been going through some health issues and recently started using the uh, CBD gummies to help her deal with nausea and pain as a result of her procedures. Uh, it seems like we're seeing a lot more of the edible CBD and a lot more CBD oil merchandise in vape shops and, and pretty much all around. I've seen the gummies in gas stations. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're, it's, you know, it's a, it's a new gold rush. Uh, they're popping up everywhere and that you definitely need to be careful because you, you really do not know where some of those gas station products or smoke shop products are coming from. Um, you know, they're, they're, I, I was just reading, uh, not too long ago, probably t- today or yesterday about them, you know, finding some spice like material in the CBD vapes. Now, um, now, Devin, you, the spice is for, you know what he's talking about. Yeah, synthetic. The, the synthetic, okay. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's these like chemicals, you know, it's really bad for you. Someone so. told me at one time it was essentially people were basically smoking, uh, what was the term? Uh, potpourri. Uh, for spice to a degree as to how that stuff probably, man, I I honestly, I've never even seen the stuff. I, it's never been something I've ever wanted to walk into. So I'm trying to go, Hey, let me get a bag of that. I've seen it and it doesn't look enticing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not even the cannabis plant. It's some other plant. They spray with chemicals uh, to give you that sort of effect. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and because, you know, and they keep changing the chemical cursors to, 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 you know, keep it legal because, you know, they're like, oh, well, that's dangerous. That should be illegal. So, you know, let's ship it out to China. China will tweak it a little bit, you know, we'll come right back, you know, that's something different. That's not illegal, but still just as dangerous. Or more. Well, and it seems like the spice didn't have much of a shelf life because as soon as it hit, they, you started seeing a major crackdown on it. Yeah, probably you should have, though. I mean, yeah. But, I mean, you, and that, that's why you just got to be careful and know what your product and where you're getting your product. You know, there's a lot of these CBD hemp farmers, especially in Tennessee, that's been doing it since uh, we've had the uh, hemp uh, program since 2015. Um, you know, so there, there's quite a few of our hemp farmers that, even though they're not required to do batch testing, that actively do batch testing. Um, you know, I would definitely, if you're going to get CBD, find a company that does testing, that you can see their latest lab results. Make sure they're not like months away, you know, make sure they're pretty recent. That's good to know. As somebody, especially somebody that, like me that vapes and I have, I do buy the CBD and mix it with mine on occasion. Right. Um, but I, I'm buying the one I'm buying is $120 a bottle. So it better be decent. You, you, you would hope so. Yeah. No kidding. But, uh, but you know, the CBD does mellow you out. It, it, it helps. And that's what most people will look at this and all they think about with medicinal, especially decriminalization for medicinal purposes. A lot of people look at marijuana and say, well, everybody just wants to decriminalize it because they want to get high. They don't see the medical and health benefits of the plant itself. Well, you, you don't. Well, because there's been decades of brainwashing to, to start with. 
And so you don't see it or experience until you know someone that's been through it or something, you know? Once you realize you know someone in your life that's been using it and it works, you're like, oh, so they're not really a bad person, but they use this devil's lettuce um, to help them. You know, maybe I should reconsider this. And then once you start looking into the history and seeing all the stuff that cannabis can actually do, you know, not only medicinal, but, you know, it can make oil, it can make alcohol, it can make ropes, it can make fiber, it can make uh, cordage. I mean, uh, it can do so much. I mean, uh, I have a nineteen fourteen ten dollar bill with the back of a hemp harvest on the back of it's a hemp harvest. It used to be a mandatory grow. It was only illegal because it could do so much good, and it was such a versatile crop. And especially in a time now when our agricultural levels in this country are not where they need to be, as far as farm. oh, absolutely. I mean, this could. I mean, this would help farmers, and it does, you know, it's a crop that, that's easy to grow, grows quickly, so they can turn it over multiple times growing season. Um, it doesn't require a lot of pesticides to grow, um, which is a good thing, you know. So it, it, it's a safe, easy, and it, it can very versatile crop. And, and and industrial hemp cannot get you high, so it's it's a different type of you know it's different from the stuff you smoke. And that's what people don't understand when they hear about the hemp farming is they think strictly about the pot farming aspect of it. And right. there's enough documentary footage out there if you want to watch about the medicinal or the decriminalization in Colorado or California or. Anywhere like that, you can find anything about the ones that are actually growing the product to sell for, to, to what do they call them? Uh, dispensaries. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, they, they, you know, people, you know, CBD is a great, a great, you know, cannabinoid. But you know, there's 113 other cannabinoids that's been discovered so far. Uh, well, no, there's about 113 total, um, not others. Um, you know, and CBD and THC are just two more popular ones. Uh, but yeah, CBD and, and it's going to be a great, you know, now that it's legal, I mean, it'll help Mississippi farmers too, you know? Well, I mean, you look at how many farmers have been taking it on the, have just been taking it on the chin because of the devalues of the crops at the end of the growing season. Yeah. Yeah. And you think that the it wouldn't cost them that much to change over to do hemp farming or if they did decriminalize marijuana to have a grow operation. Well, yeah. Now, you know, you, you got to, you do take into consideration. There are going to be considerable startup costs a lot more than switching crop because you're having to build this entire new industry, you know, where we're having to build, you know, decortifiers and, you know, things to make the paper and the fibers and all that's still having to be made and processed. And we still have, you know, a lot of stuff to catch up with. And so. it's all stuff that we would already have on hand if they hadn't stupidly criminalized this shit years ago. Correct. Absolutely. I mean, you look at the deforestation that's gone on for years now to make paper products. And you yep, look at you're... how much could have been saved in doing that strictly using a hemp-based paper. Yep, or or uh, hemp-based plastics. I mean, there's uh, so many... That, you're right, there's so many positives that can be taken out of this one plant. 
that everybody sees the oh yeah it gets you high but they don't look at, at it from the point of that's that's what you know decades and decades of propaganda and uh, you know can well, do and and, and it's funny that you mentioned propaganda just the other day going through and, and looking, trying to find something to watch on Amazon. And one of the new releases on Amazon was Reefer Madness. <laughs> and I'm sitting there going, I saw this like 20 years ago and I hadn't seen it since. And I forgot how stupid you talk about a piece of propaganda film. There's never been a better piece made. Right, right. I mean, I have a poster uh, of the Reefer Madness uh, that we take to all our little dudes and everything. Uh, yeah, it's it's a classic. I mean, it, it, they did it across all forms of the media and in a lot of paper, too, because you got to think William Randolph Hearst it was going to affect his companies and his paper mills um, and all the lumber uh, acres he bought. So, you know, he smeared it in his uh, tabloids. It's where pink journalism was born. Color cannabis. Oh, and see, he's talking to a former journalist, and he doesn't realize this. <laughs> <laughs> well, then you, you mean you should kind of know about it. Oh no, I'm very, I'm very familiar with pink journalism. <laughs> uh, I'm more of a fan of Gonzo journalism, but pink works on occasion. Uh, but, but going, well, that's what I think. That's what they called it. I honestly. Uh, I just read something because like, I don't even 100% know what it means. It's like, sure, that'll, that'll work. It, it was essentially tabloid journalism before they had an actual definition at the time. Gotcha. Uh, but what, to me, in all the things that we've talked about here so far, is where Hempfest and an event like this has been something that has been drastically needed in Memphis and in the Mid-South. To Because... The people that are, and I hate to lump everybody into a category, but I put myself in the same damn category. The people that are supportive of the passing of marijuana legalization now are those that have been smokers and that just want, a lot of it is people that just want the decriminalization. But there are those that don't know enough about the what they need to be educated on to make an informed decision to support it or to be vastly dead set against it, which most people in these states tend to be because we are in the Bible Belt. But correct. What do you think? What do you hope to accomplish? Especially with I've seen a lot of educational speakers. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, we have Jeremy Faison. He was uh, the representative who actually, he's still the representative. He, he sponsored the hemp legislation in Tennessee back in 2015. You know, so he's primarily one of the reasons we have it. Um, we have Clint Palmer. Um, he used to be the former lead hemp researcher for MTSU. Um, now he's uh, the director of growing uh, for Blue Hen Botanicals and Knoxville area. Um, he's also the co-founder of the Tennessee Hemp Industries Association. Um, you know, then we have Ryan Rush. He's coming from Maryville. Ryan's a four-year hemp farmer and processor. He's going to talk about his growing experiences from Maryville. So, you know, plus we are, we're working on getting some other speakers and everything. Um, but yeah, you know, really a lot of education. Um, we also have 40, over 40 vendors signed up right now already who, you know, be talking about their products and of course offering education. Um, 
So, you know, we'll have all sorts of different hemp samples for you to look at and stuff. And we want to go ahead and put this out there for anybody that's going to be at Hemp Fest that's listening. Uh, we will be there podcasting. It's going to be our first year uh, at an event like this. I'm, I think we're both extremely excited about it, especially just to be out in front of a new audience for us. But anybody that's going to be at that festival as a vendor or just in attendance, uh, if you see us over there and you see us podcasting and you want to come talk, come sit down. You got a product, bring your product over, sit down, talk to us about your product. Uh, we're there. So if you've got vendors that want to get the word out, tell them to use us. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so it's definitely something that's going to be a lot of fun. I, I think the, and it's free to the public. Now that was another question is it is free to the public. Now, another question is with it being in Tom Lee park, is this a bring your own chair? No, 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 no. Uh, Overton, Overton, Overton park. park, excuse me. Is this a, yeah, the greens award. Is this a bring your own no, no. That, I mean, you, you you can you could bring chairs the way I want. It's it's not that big of a venue, honestly. It's not going to. Uh, so, uh, I mean, some people you'll probably be more comfortable standing and just walking between the booths and hitting the stage. Um, we'll have some uh, the educational tent. We'll have chairs and stuff where the speakers are. Um, so we have all that. So, I mean, it is a park. You are allowed to bring chairs. Um, people, so you can, if you want to, but you really don't have to. And I'm going to assume since this is an event for the public that, uh, there'll be no alcohol on premises or will that be a vendor issue? Uh, we don't have any alcohol on premises right now, but, uh, at the park, but we do have an after party at the high tone, where uh, the local brewery, Metalsome, our local brewery, Metalsome Brewery, will be uh, working on a cannabis-inspired brew. Nice. Uh, and and we'll watch that on a, at the after party, which uh, we have a lot of different bands, DJ Space Age, Native Blood, uh, and then the headliner closing it all out will be Lil White. Um, a little, you know, some might be like, well, that's a lot for 420, but, you know, he's, avid supporter and love to have them. Well, and with it falling on a Saturday, people are going to want to be out anyway. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's Saturday, 420. We figured why not go, you know, go big. And you know, honestly, he, he's basically volunteering his time. So why would we say no to him? And yeah, and when it, uh, it looks like he's going to have a chance to get a sit down with us. Uh, a guest on the show last week is uh, going to be there with him and is going to bring him over to the booth with us so we can get a chance to sit down and talk to him before the after party. Oh, man. Well, yeah, he's going to be there all day. I'll definitely bring you over because, uh, you know, he he, uh, he said he wanted to uh, have a tent at the, uh, the festival itself, so he plans on being there all day. So we'll definitely uh, hook you guys up. Awesome, man. Sounds like we're going to have a lot of people to talk to. Now, oh, I, yeah. I know that it's a... That there's no smoking at the event. How are you <laughs> at an event like this? How the hell do you make that happen? <laughs> Tell the truth. <laughs> you just promise. <laughs> you hope. You hope people respect it. <laughs> so you're going to show me where the hidden parts are with no cameras when we get there, right? <laughs> yeah, probably somewhere in the woods. <laughs> okay, we don't need a lot of hippies out in the woods getting stoned. That'd just be a lot of people getting lost, and that just makes things confusing. And I'm not leading a damn surge party. I don't know about you. Uh-uh. Oh, I don't think it's that big of a part. They'll eventually hit. 
East Parkway or Poplar. Or Somebody just go to Chuck E. Cheese, get a shitload of those art bracelets they make the kids wear now, and just put them on everybody that comes through the gate, and when they disappear, it beeps, and we'll be able to find them. Yep, yep. <laughs> Sounds like a great idea. Maybe some GPS tracking device. Dude. Sounds expensive as hell. <laughs> it does. We may, we may need some more sponsors. We'd probably need a bunch more sponsors than that. Uh <laughs> Now, what uh, what's the big thing this year at at Hemp Fest that you're looking forward to have, having people see that maybe they haven't had the opportunity to have in front of them at this point? Uh, any particular product that you're excited to have, or honestly, I'm looking towards the speakers. Really, honestly, uh, uh, the education right. point. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, that it's really kind of what I'm really looking to hear from. You know, the growers, and I, you know, I definitely want to hear uh, from uh, Representative Faison, see what his he his thoughts are. You know, four or five years down the line, what he thinks of the program. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of interested in seeing that. Uh, hell, I just applied for my growing license. Uh, uh, any, almost anyone in the state can grow. Apparently, it's super easy. Um, Two hundred and fifty dollars, and make sure you have no uh, drug felonies uh, in the past ten years. Damn, hey. that's not much of a requirement, is it? No, it's hell not. no, it ain't. <laughs> no. It, but you got to do it quick. It ends February fifteenth. Ah, now, okay. For the people that don't know, what has changed so much about the laws in Tennessee? What do you mean? As far as allowing the growth and the the manufacturing, oh well, no, not a, not a lot really. Um, back in two thousand fourteen, the two thousand fourteen Farm Bill allowed states to have uh, pro, uh, hemp programs uh, if they they started one. Uh, two thousand fifteen, uh, Representative Faison sponsored the hemp bill, um, and we've had one ever since, uh, and it's been pretty much that. Okay. Now, two hundred, you know, two hundred fifty dollars for zero to five acres. Uh, then it goes all the way up to three hundred fifty at the maximum acreage. Yeah, that's that that that's easily affordable to get into. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. I mean, not not you know when you think of you know growing, uh, you know, applications and stuff like that, you hear of hundred thousand dollar you know deposits and licensing fees. Now that's for the the stuff with the THC. Um, apparently it costs a lot of money to play with THC. Okay. So that's where the differences are in the price. That's the difference. It's point, you know, industrial hemp or cannabis sativa L is the scientific name is 0.3% THC or less. Okay. So what they're using here is not necessarily the same kind you're going to see in the head, in the, uh, dispensaries in Cali or Colorado. No, the, the, okay. the stuff in California and everything like that, that's going to have anywhere from 10 to 30% THC. And unless it was specifically bred for CBD, uh, uh, like for CBD, it'll even have less than 1% CBD. Our strains uh, will have, you know, anywhere from 10 to 16% uh, CBD, but have to be less than 0.3% THC. Uh, which, you know, it's a plane. It'll never be 0.3. It's actually the tinctures that they, they're talking about. That's the 0.3 threshold, the concentrates and stuff. Okay. Now, let's talk. There's one more thing as far as that's happened in Memphis that I wanted to talk to you about specifically. Um, right. the The change to the 
it's not decriminalized, but the change to the fine structure if you're carrying less than a oh, half an ounce. No, no, no. Uh, oh, yeah, that that is a cluster F on its own. All right, so uh, we helped uh, bring about the decriminalization of half an ounce of can of uh, marijuana uh, in Memphis right behind Nashville. So it's Memphis and Nashville. They both uh, voted to their city ordinances, count, uh, city councils voted for uh, to decriminalize half an ounce, where you get a $50 fine. Uh, only one person in Memphis got it. What happened was um, shortly after it passed, Senator Brian Kelsey out of uh, Cordova, Germantown, asked the Attorney General of the state of Tennessee to issue an opinion on on the ordinances. Of course, the Attorney General of state of Tennessee comes back saying it's illegal. So Memphis Box pulls back on it. Nashville's prepared to take it to court. Um, but uh, while that's going on, William Lambris out of Cottonwood, East Tennessee, uh, sponsors a bill basically uh, making it so that no uh, counties, cities, or municipalities can alter the the drug laws, so basically revoked it. So some East Tennessee person, um, you know, is messing with, you know, middle and West Tennessee politics. And of course, you know, all our, you know, that, that sails through the voting really quick. Mm. And so once that goes through, we lose it. So it's, so they killed it. So no more decrim. So as every other state's walking forward, we're walking backwards. That's pathetic. It really is. It really is. But then you can look at their, you know, their their campaign finance reports, and then you see like, oh, police lobbying and alcohol lobbying, and you know, you also have to look at the state, look at where it is, because looking at it being in Memphis, they they were losing a lot of. They would lose a lot of fine money if they went to that fifty dollar fine. What, what, what did you say? I'm sorry. Memphis would lose a lot of money in fines if they had gone to that $50 fine situation. Oh, yeah. I mean, you definitely lose a lot of money. I mean, you're you're not housing people in jail. You're not collecting their court fees. You're not tying. I mean, that's... Yeah, yeah. Of course you would lose money, but it's a good thing. People shouldn't be sitting in jail over a plan. You and I agree that it's a good thing, but maybe those people that are considering the budget are sitting there going, nope, we can't have this. <laughs> Probably. I mean, you know, it, it, really, it really is. You know, you got the police just saying it's a dangerous plant and all they're, they're concerned with is really their budget. You know, if, if it's legal, then they can't get all these soft arrests that they always do that they use to inflate their budgets every year. And that's... That, the, the crying shame is that in Memphis, the, the hard drug scene has gotten to be, from what I understand, heroin has got to be a massive problem in Memphis. Well, heroin's a massive problem in the state of Tennessee and, and, and a lot of places. I mean, that's where a lot of these overdoses are coming from. Um, you know, people are getting hooked on opioids by their doctors, and then, you know, the, the legislations make it so tough for the doctors to prescribe these pills after a while. Um that, you know, the patients get cut off and they're addicted um, or, you know, or they, they're no longer 
you know, need the medicine, but the doctor doesn't wean them off and, and sends them out on their own. So then now they're buying these expensive lower tabs on the street, or they can go get cheap heroin. It's, it's, it's only a matter of time. And yet, for some reason, they still want to focus more on marijuana busts. Well, it's easy, man. You, you don't have to do any work to rest the star. Well, I mean, no, because we're not going to try to speed to get away from you. <laughs> Hell, we may uh, pull over to green lights. You never know. You know, and, and but you know, and then like the other day, I was speaking to a police officer, and, and you know, he whipped out his phone. And he was like, "Oh yeah, I just want to show you something." I'm like, "All right, this should be interesting." Um, and he's swiping through his phone, and then he pulls up this like little, like three little plants. Okay, a little plant, a couple of dirty bongs, um, and like a bag of flour. You could pretty much tell this was this guy growing some stuff in his closet. Nothing big. The police officer even said he hated busting the guy, but he had to. It was his job. He even said he didn't think it should be illegal. So now you have like cops who are acting against what their moral stuff is, just based on because it's the law I'm ordered to well you know I'm just following your orders never played well in any side of history um you know Nazis I, learned that in the Nuremberg trials I see what you're I mean I see what you're saying because I mean it's just it's a conflict of interest to a degree for the for these cops that are not supportive if they're supportive of the decriminalization, them supporting the law is it makes them a hypocrite and standing with a badge. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be interesting to see the amount of people that I think, and I think you're going to have a good crowd. Uh, for those of you that don't know, Hempfest is on April 20th. That's right, 420. Saturday. Saturday, 420 in Memphis, Tennessee going to be a lot of fun you want to come out and get educated come on out and get educated you want to come out and try out a whole lot of new products come out and try the products oh gosh yeah yeah we're hopefully we'll even have some samples of hempcrete and do some hempcrete demos uh i mean we're, we're gonna have a lot of stuff to show off all, all the amazing stuff that hemp and cannabis can do well, we like I said, we are definitely looking forward to being there, and I will touch base with you in the next couple of weeks to get everything kind of get the uh, logistics we'll of everything. Out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, I want to tell you, Lee, I appreciate you coming on. This has been informative for me, especially. I know Devin, you've been quiet, so I'm assuming you've learned something too. <laughs> I've learned a lot. Um, but but we want to thank you, and uh, I look forward to seeing you at Hempfest. And I can tell Absolutely. you, this won't be your only appearance on the show. So uh, awesome, great, great. But we thank you for your time, and we look forward to seeing you again, sir. Awesome, thank you guys so much. All right, thanks, man. Bye. Bye. Once again, we want to thank Executive Director for the Memphis Chapter of Normal. Mr. Lee Otts for coming on and being our guest on this episode and providing us with some much needed education on the use of the marijuana plant for more than, well, hell, a recreational good time. Um, more than just getting high. Yeah, because let's face it, all we learned about legalization of marijuana was what we learned about from our pothead buddies. So, um, and hell, I guess I would be at some point your pothead buddy back in the day. So, uh, 
I still, I'm still very much for this because I can see it being a tremendous agricultural boom for an area that has been struggling with farmers. Right. So, uh, guys, if you're interested in learning more, come out on 420 to Hemp Fest in Memphis. Uh, there will be more details about this as they come out for us. They will be linked to our Facebook page. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, searching the heavyweight chumps, or you can join our fan page of the Beer Gut Brotherhood. Now, before we go, we want to send out some shout-outs to some folks over the last few weeks that have been great to talk to, that have been a lot of fun. Uh want to send out a shout-out to the guys at, the, at My Worst Holiday. The, those guys had us on their show. Um, I think we told a few stories we yeah. probably shouldn't have, uh, but they were good guys. Also, uh, shout-out and a speedy recovery to Matt Penfield. Thank you for being a phenomenal guest and... Uh, putting up with a couple of guys that were not on your level. So uh, we do definitely appreciate you as well. Uh, Melanie Addington and the guys and guys and gals over at the Oxford Film Festival, thanks for having us last year and having us back this year. We're looking forward to seeing you guys. Um, other shout-outs we want to send out to our buddies uh, at Any Pod Will Do, our buddy Joe B, uh, our buddies at Manufactured Mayhem Pod- Podcast, Dan and Ron, uh, of course, we also want to send out shout outs to the guys on Pop Culture Pod, Pop Culture Cosmos podcast. And our guest for Thursday, we'll send a shout out to these particular ladies, um, or for next Tuesday, or Monday, excuse me. God, I can't get my days of the week straight. What the hell is going on with this? Um, but to Terry, Heather, and Daisy at Zero Fucks Given, we cannot wait to hang out with you guys. This is probably going to be one of the craziest adventures we've had in podcasting yet and also we want to thank the one one product that has stepped forward and found that we were worthy of being a sponsor uh we want to thank our sponsors at spunk lube and uh also want to send a shout out to the guys over on uh at kraken grinders uh i reached out to you on instagram guys hit them up i think they would be great for giving us some things to give away especially for hemp fest so why not give it a shot And now, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Faking News. This just in from the Faking News desk. Oh, crap. I can't get my phone up. It's not the only thing you've had problems getting up. Ah, FBI raid at NSA employees' home reveals over 16 million dick pics. That's right. FBI agents have discovered an estimated 16 million pictures of men's genitals, also known as dick pics, during a raid on an NSA employee's home this week. Federal prosecutors have charged Hillary Wang, a National Security Agency employee... Wait, 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 wait. Wang? Really? Wang. Were these all on her phone? On her computer? Does it say? Well, I'm getting to it. Uh... Sorry, I used to work in the news business. You're supposed to put the important shit at the top. Well, I'm just reading it off. A National Security Agency employee of 14 years with theft of government property and unauthorized removal and retention of classified Government property? So the government owned all these dick pics? Oh, just wait. It is believed Wayne used her top secret security clearance to illegally download an estimated 16 million pictures of sexual nature off of unsuspecting Americans' mobile phones and computers. She is obsessed with big black penises and 
the small size of her Chinese boyfriend's penis, a fellow co-worker confirmed to reporters when reached by phone. She's a good person, but it's impossible to have a five-minute conversation without her wanting to show you a picture of some black guy's dick on her cell phone, a former co-worker told local reporters. Experts believe Wang used a custom-designed algorithm to target users' dick pics and automatically download them to her home servers. The employee had been on sick leave for the past two months after battling with severe depression and mental health issues, according to family members. Legal experts believe Wayne could face a maximum of 166 years in jail if found guilty of theft of government property and unauthorized removal and retention of classified materials. And ladies and gentlemen, the title of this story is 166 Dicks. Apparently, the male appendage is... A classified material. <laughs> I know they ruled yours as toxic at one time. <laughs> well, there you have it, guys. Um, at the encouragement of our blunderer-in-chief, in my opinion, Agent Orange himself, that is it for us. As that is the beginning of something new for us. Every Thursday, be on the lookout for the fake news department. From the <clears throat> the DMZ news department, as we are going to call it. So, guys, uh, guys and gals that have been out there listening, we appreciate you taking the time. I know some of you have probably smoked, and if that's okay, you know we have no problem with that. Hell, we've been drinking, so have a good time. Just handle your high. Uh, don't do anything stupid. Don't go out in public. Don't go driving around. Be responsible, people. Yeah, be responsible with yourself. There's nothing wrong with having a drink. If you're going to drink, stay home. Or if you're going to go out, have a designated driver. Or do like me and marry somebody that doesn't drink. Works for us. Yeah, thank God. So, until we see you guys next time, stay lifted in the words of our good buddy, Mug Sticky. And we will see you next time on the same fat time and the same same fat fat channel. channel.